0: You are Locked On Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. I almost slid into a Pete there, didn't it? What? <laughs> I mean, I was, it was almost Pete adjacent there. Uh, Brian Kamenetsky and Starts so getting the copyright
1: infringement. Uh, no,
0: I do. And I am not going to do that because Pete and his fans could have me killed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think we all know that. Um, it's very powerful. Um, a lot we want to see. I get assume into. he's had a lot of people killed. I, I, I and probably well, but only bad people because right. Pete is somebody who uses his power for good. Or just people that looked at Pete sideways, one or the right. other. Well, those are bad people. Yes. Um, and they deserved it, and they know what they did. So uh, one of the things that Andy and I we've talked about since the season has ended is we want to get a lot of different voices onto the show, talk about the season, talk about what the heck happened and what Lakers fans ought to look forward to for next season. It's something we're starting today today uh, with Alex Regla, covers the Lakers for Newsbreak. Just started that job, so congratulations. And also podcasts for Silver Screen and Roll on Tuesday. So you can Taco listen to him.
1: Tuesday.
0: That's right. You can listen to him with our friends Harrison and Anthony over there uh, at the uh, Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, before we get to Alex, want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. Alex, thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, it's
2: nice to meet you guys. I said it off air, but... Uh... Big fan of you guys. Uh, big fan of what you guys have always done covering the Lakers, so this is exciting yeah. for me. I'm really excited hey, don't waste that
0: guys. off air. It's important to say all <laughs> <Yeah>. the nice <laughs> things when people can hear it too. Um, you, uh, of course, you know, I, we Andy and I really appreciated and actually cited a few times on the show some of the stats and the data that you were putting up throughout the playoffs and the stretch run and the work you were doing over at Silver Screen and Roll. And so we're excited to have you on, and we actually want to start. Um, in a place that we've talked a lot about and that you just wrote about, uh, the Lakers' inability to make a basket, uh, particularly a three-point basket, uh, in the playoffs. How bad was it? Uh, it, was, it was bad. Um,
2: <laughs> you know it's funny? It's like usually when you look at numbers, you need that context of like film, right? But this was one of the instances where you just need to watch like one game and, and you figure out like, yeah, this shooting is just broken. It's not working. And the numbers aren't pretty, uh, I think. Uh, and, and like the disappointing part was they got good looks. I think that was the biggest thing uh, fans need to realize was, I think I looked it up and the Lakers took 23 more wide open threes in the suns mm-hmm. in the series. So they got probably better quality looks in the suns, but they just couldn't convert. And like individually, like a guy like Kuzma and a guy like KCP, two of the, the guys you, you would count on to make those shots. They were combined two for 22 on those shots. So, Yeah, there was enough poor shooting there to – it just – it wasn't going to work. And the Suns didn't even shoot that well either, but they at least were about average. And that's all all it took.
1: The the Lakers were not a great three-point shooting team on the season this year. And, you know, frankly, they weren't a great one last year when they won the championship, save the bubble. But this year in the playoffs, I mean, it really fell off a cliff. In in examining the numbers, looking back at some of these games or whatever – did you get any thoughts on just why it was happening like to this extreme a level? It was, I mean, it was tough because, um, you know, Rob Palenka mentioned it
2: in the exit interviews. He he mentioned that the fact that LeBron and AD not being healthy or mm-hmm. not being on the floor, um, that, that type of kind of shock creation was an issue, but which is true. Like, obviously if LeBron's hurt and AD's hurt, that's going to kind of manipulate how the defense treats those guys and, how much they cheat off those guys and stuff like that. Well, but, and in
1: theory though, Alex, not to interrupt you, but it should have to some degree made it easier because nobody was getting guarded.
2: That's, I was just gonna say, but uh, yeah, when I said the stat, like they got 23 more wide open threes, that kind of goes against that. So like, no matter how hurt and LeBron and AD is, are like having wide open shots, should it make a difference? So In theory, no. Like, there's really no reason outside of maybe tired legs. One of the Mm -hmm. people who read the article mentioned that in the comments. I think that's a really good point. Maybe playing in the bubble and playing the whole season and having to play more minutes than usual with LeBron AD being out, having to shoulder more offensive like load, like a guy like Dennis Schroeder, Kuzma. Like maybe by the time they got to the playoffs, the legs were just shot. So that's one theory I've heard yeah, that's so you know what,
0: and that's an interesting way of looking at it Alex because I mean and, and one that I hadn't thought about because you go look Caruso KCP you know the Lakers were never better this season shooting than they were in the first like 3 weeks of the season. Yeah you know, that's why I mean obviously it wasn't sustainable nobody expected Caruso to sh- to shoot like 68% for the for the entire year and KCP was well over 50 and everybody was really knocking down threes. Except for Anthony Davis. but um that that they ne- they also never were fresher than they were at that moment. like it was only it was only sort of downhill from there. i I, I remember thinking when Polinka said that like they they got so many wide open shots the you know the 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 spacing wasn't any different in that regard. Um, were there, you know, so I, I wasn't buying what he was selling there. When you go back and you look at it, is this something that you think is fixable, relatively speaking, with the same personnel, or do they really need to go out and find better shooters this off season?
2: You know, it's it's tough because, like, again, people in the comments have said, well, like, what what do you propose they do? And it is it is hard. You can't just say go get shooters because they've kind of done that the past two seasons. They've got Dan Green, they got Wesley Matthews, they got Quinn Cook. Like, they've got guys who are capable of shooting. The thing is, once they put a Laker uniform on it just vanishes i'm not sure what um a friend at silver screen roll ollie wrote a really good piece about like the last 10 or 15 years of just laker shooters coming to the lakers and then percentages just drop and it, I, read, I don't know, I I don't know that, if there's a curse
1: that, that was a I mean, first of all he did he did a great job yeah. just breaking down theories like if i remember correctly including stuff like the lighting Inside yeah. Staples Center,
0: Staples is one of the two. It's 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 MSG, right? And Staples Center that use that theater lighting where it looks the awesome. Court, it's yeah. fantastic, but the court is lit and the stands are not. So it, it is different. I wonder if the same thing happens at Madison Square. It's hard to know with the Knicks because they have been so bad for so long that they could miss shots for all sorts of reasons. Um, but it, it, it's an interesting theory.
2: Yeah, and, and like just going back and watching, and at, as I was watching live, the other biggest thing that kind of stood out was guys just getting really too hesitant. We saw mm-hmm. it so many times where they just passed up open looks, and I think that goes to speaks to the, the the confidence. Like if you're not, if you're open, but you're not confident, I'm not sure how likely you are going to make that shot. And we saw so many times, like like this goes up and down the roster, where LeBron at one point had to yell at KCP on the sideline, like you got to shoot that ball if you're open. So maybe that played a role, like maybe just getting into a cold stretch, kind of messed with their confidence. Again, I'm kind of grasping against draws here. At the end of the day, they got open looks and right. they got to make those shots.
1: I, I wonder too, I, I was thinking about because the, the reasons like you're getting at Alex are pretty ethereal and hard to figure out what exactly was going on. But I was wondering if maybe it could come down to, at least at times, the way players are specifically being used. Like somebody like Wes Matthews didn't start this year. I thought he would be, actually, when they signed him. I thought he was going to be part of a starting yeah. lineup of LeBron, AD, KCP, West, Gasol. And the reason I bring that up is if you look at his career splits, the difference between his three-point averages as a starter versus a reserve are really stark. Like He's something like 38% on his career as a starter, 33 uh, as a reserve. So, you know, and some guys just don't play not, well. Off the and, and, and importantly, has not been a reserve for exactly. most of his career. Right. right. And, you know, some guys adjust to that very slowly, particularly in a year like this one, where there was so much chaos, so little practice time. You wonder if maybe one of the things the front office has to do in thinking about this is beyond the players they choose, really start thinking about how they're actually using them in the combinations.
2: That makes sense. And uh, it's just sparing. Like, it wasn't just Wesley Matthews just coming off the bench. He was, just wasn't used for a couple of games at a time where either he was yeah. dealt dealing with an injury or COVID stuff or whatever. But, like, that messes up players' rhythm also. And I think maybe not being used consistently, especially for, like, a veteran player like Wesley Matthews, you would think he needs to get his legs back underneath him because he was one of the guys who did mention in the exit interviews that, uh, yeah, having not a full off season to get ready kind of impacted his game. So yeah, cause they didn't get, they didn't go out and get young players. They got veterans. And I think veterans are really strict in terms of their off season routines and getting ready for the season. So maybe, um, yeah, that can mess with the player's rhythm. Like yeah. the only guy who really didn't get impacted was Marcus all like he didn't play. And then he would come in and still make threes. So it's
1: crazy that the same season. season not didn't shooting, shoot them.
0: Though. right? He, he only, yeah. you know, he taking, you know, hitting a solid percentage on one a game isn't that right. helpful. He did get more aggressive, I think, as his playing time was taken away by Andre Drummond. So, in that sense, it was good. Something he talked about uh, at his exit interview, just sort of being spurred on by the competition. For the record, Andy, um, you are correct 740 games as a starter for Wes Matthews. Thirty-eight percent from three-point range. One hundred nine wow. games as a reserve. Many of them coming I this don't, year. I don't think that's forty-one. A total uh, 30, Thirty-three point two percent. So yeah. no, it's not crazy. Um, all right, let's next let's let's talk more about the offense because it wasn't just a three-point shooting problem the Lakers had. They weren't a great three-point shooting team last year and managed to have at least pre-bubble a much better offense than they did this year. Um, it's something else that the Lakers need to figure out what happened, uh, this season with the offense. Was it just the injuries or was there something deeper? We'll talk about
1: that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's time for this week's Ultra Moment. Uh, there's going to be a lot of time for us to look back on the season itself, but this, this week, I'm going to choose to look at LeBron Changing his jersey from twenty three to six. Obviously, there's the ra- rather unsubtle tie-in to the new Space Jam movie coming up. LeBron is in serious promotion mood mode right now, and hopefully, the movie's going to be fun and exciting. But at the risk of spoiling the movie, I'm pretty sure the Toon Squad's going to win this game, Alex. That- that's the way I picture this shaking out. We're going to see maybe LeBron. not the director's cut. I, I want to <laughs> see <Sider cut. laughs> the more- <laughs> you know in the book in the book The Natural. Roy Hobbs
0: strikes right. out at the end. He, he does is not the- hit a home run.
1: The uh, Werner Herzog uh, director's (laughs) cut. you're going to see LeBron lose. But the Toon Squad is going to win the game. We're going to see LeBron dominate, which is hopefully what we're going to see next season after a long summer. Looking forward to seeing the joy, happiness, passion that was a trademark of the 2020 championship team. Remember, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game.
0: All right, Alex Regla with us today on the Locked on Lakers podcast. Of course, you know him from his podcast at Silver Screen and Roll and uh, also with his new gig at Newsbreak um, covering the Lakers there. You you wrote about the three-point shooting. Obviously, Alex, the, the problems with the Lakers extended offensively beyond that this year. Last year, they were not great, great, great offensively, but they still were Eleventh, when it was all said and done, in terms of offensive efficiency, and most of that drop actually came uh, in the bubble. Like they lost, they were like a top—I think a top six or seven team going into the bubble, and in those eight bubble games, were so bad offensively, their efficiency dropped out of the top ten this year. They were twenty fourth. Do you do you pin that on the injuries, or do you pin that on something else? You know in terms of personnel, in terms of Frank Vogel's coaching style, or kind of some combination of all of that?
2: It's a bit of a cop-out, but yeah, I think it's a combination of everything. Um, I think when you have LeBron James on your team, I think even the greatest tactician coach out there, it's not going to make a difference. Like, he's your half-court offense, right? Um, you're not going to really have LeBron play within a system. So even if you have, I don't know, the best right. coach he, out there, LeBron James he is
0: a system. system
2: yeah so um the thing was was last year like like you said even last year they weren't a good half court team what they were good at was being a really good transition team mm-hmm. and again i think a lot of that depends on having a guy like ad like healthy who can grab and go who can just run the court and beat his guy down the court having lebron do that as well um not having those two guys and relying on everyone else to create their own offense when you look around the roster i mean outside of maybe dennis Schroeder, really you can't you don't have a guy who can consistently do that so those numbers just – I mean, that's just what they are. But they just weren't – like you said, it wasn't just three-point shooting. Um, their percentage on the rim dropped. Their mid-range shooting is horrible this year. Like, mm-hmm. people don't talk about that a lot. Like, the three-point shooting was really bad in the playoffs. Their mid-range shooting was maybe even worse. Like, it was mm-hmm. really bad. So they're just not a good offensive team, I would say. They, they generate <laughs> – you know what they, – but they make up for it. They generate easy looks. They get to the free throw line a ton. That helps. Um, they do put pressure on the rim, but again, if you don't have LeBron or AD, that kind of advantage, that math like advantage to kind of balance everything else out, it drops, and that just that's tough.
0: Yeah, look, their their percentages without those guys in the lineup. You know, you're right. I mean, the, the the guys who are left over, that is not a good NBA team. It is not a team that you would expect to win. And I quite frankly was surprised they won as much as they did. And Andy and I were having conversations about Frank Vogel in terms of like he needs to get more. Mm -hmm. Attention and more Coach of the Year love because they're still the best defensive team in the league. And look at their roster; it's terrible. (laughs) Like you know, it's it's not terrible when you put LeBron and AD and let everybody fall into their role. Obviously, twenty-one and seven, uh, and and so on and so on and so on. But when they're not there, these are role players who are not designed to lead a team, and yet they're winning more games than you would think. Um, Andy and I have talked a lot about the the personnel choices that they've made, and the center position obviously always comes up. Most of the attention that was paid here was to rim protection and people yelling about Marcus and yelling they need more, and then they get Andre Drummond and they hate him, and it's bring back Marcus All and all this other yeah. stuff. You weren't
1: happy with Trez either. Least, no, nobody, nobody, was nobody liked with, anything. Nobody was happy with anybody other than AD who doesn't want to play center. Well, right. like but your you fans said are usually you, not happy. No, that is true. You said two
0: things, though, that I think are interesting in terms of talking about the offense, and it was how you finish in transition – and putting pressure on the rim yes yeah getting at the rim thank you so that includes lobs it includes finishes on the pick and roll thank you Andy um how much of do you think the change in the offense losing six to eight points a game whatever it is doing that stuff is related to personnel choices um that they made is that one of the places to look
2: you know, it's a good point. Like everybody kind of pointed to the changes in the center position as like defensively, right? Like mm-hmm. they're not longer athletic, they're more positional defenders. Like Marcus is an awesome defender, but he doesn't do it like a guy like Dwight or Javel does it. They're all effective, just they do it differently. And I guess the same goes for the offense. Like Gasol's not a lob threat, obviously. Harrell's not really a lob threat either for his small size. Uh Drummond technically is a lob threat. He's just not a good finisher on the rim.
1: he has so, to be able to catch.
2: And, and catch the ball, big, big part of that. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that's a good point. That vertical aspect of their game was taken away. They're a very horizontal team this year. They're kind of straight line going to the rim. Um, they, you know, when they had, like, again, I, I didn't like the whole Damian Jones uh, versus Drummond uh, debate on there. But uh, he, I, Well, it's because it's not
0: fair to Drummond because Damian Jones is the greatest Laker of uh, all time. That's true.
2: The fact. Uh Yeah, but Jones at least kind of represented that different kind of calculus out there, that you had that kind of air threat, that lob threat. And I'm not saying if they had him, anything would be different. But I think there probably will be changes in that personnel next year where they at least have a different look. I think that's really important with centers. They can't all be the same. You have to have a little variance in them. And that's why I was kind of high on the center position this year. I thought there was kind of some fun variance, but they just never worked out.
1: You know, it's interesting. Um, first of all, I, I was looking at some cleaning the glass numbers today, and their numbers in transition this year versus last year fell off a damn cliff. Like, mm-hmm. it is it is shocking. For all the attention that rightly and understandably was there about the outside shooting, their number one strength plummeted this year versus last year. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was also thinking about Anthony Davis and, and you know, w- with the outside shooting in general, but just the offense like this year, his outside shooting was terrible is 26%. And that's, you know, it's off his career averages, but the truth is he's never been above 34% for a regular season. And outside of that one great stretch in the bubble, he's never been good from three in the playoffs either. And it's made me wonder if they need to rethink how he's used in general, but also how he's operating in space and how they look to, use him further from the basket because he obviously has perimeter skills, but the truth is outside shooting isn't the best part of his game. And I, I just wonder if, you know, for all the talk about him needing to be closer to the basket or, you know, what happens if Drummond's there or why won't he play center? I, I don't even know if it matters so much what positions he's at, but I do think they need to be thinking about more ways to just get him closer to the basket, no matter how. I think he's in some ways thought of as more of a perimeter scorer than he actually really is.
2: Yeah. I was nodding my head like a lot there. Cause I agree with everything. And that's something I've, I've written about in the past. That is
0: why Andy wanted to have you on the show. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, Cause that that's validate
1: me Alex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> validation.
2: <laughs> yeah. Literally all that. I'll try to get to all that, but um, it's not just like how they're using him. I think there is a mindset uh, change that needs to be there for AD. Obviously like, People get on Drummond. Like, I I find myself defending Drummond, even if I don't want to, when it comes to him and AD sharing the front court. Because at some point, like, it doesn't matter who's down there. If AD wants to get to the rim, he's going to get to the rim. Um, Maybe some of that was the health. Maybe he didn't have that burst to to kind of pass by his guys like he did in the bubble. But for the most part in the season, I think he had, like, career-low shots at the rim in terms of percentage-wise, in terms of his shot frequency. Um, Maybe that great shooting stretch in the bubble kind of messed with his mindset where he's like I'm just KD now. I can just make these whenever I want. So I'm going to do that. But yeah, like even with Gasol out there, like usually Davis is the guy who's kind of playing the stretch role or something. So they they there is obviously tinkering that needs to be done, but we've kind of said the same thing since last year. Like nothing even really changed in the bubble. Like the reason they won was because he just started making his shots from the outside. So I mean, eventually, yeah, it'd be cool if he did more pick and roll and he was the dive man. He played the 5. He just got to the rim a lot more but I don't think that's really in his game at this point
1: okay actually we, when we get to the next segment i i speaking of ad and the way he's used and you know center versus power forward all that stuff I have a theory that I want we talked about on uh Thursday's podcast that i want to ask you about because it was something that popped into my head recently in terms of the way ad is being used more as a four versus a five and the school of thought behind it and whether or not that school of thought may actually be uh, bunk, perhaps, Uh, nonsense. It is one of your theories. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The overarching theory, not my theory. My theory, I think, actually could have validity to it. So Hmm. we will get into that coming up next Lock on Lake Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online Bet Online the fastest easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball seasons in full swing, you can track all of the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go. Get all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, mobile device. Check out all the great Sporting news, sign-up bonuses, contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams are neck deep in the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today, receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: Locked on Lakers. Also brought to you by Built Bar. Andy, if you're like me, you're you're moving around. You're you're all day. You're on the move. You're doing stuff. You know, I I I need to eat stuff. I need to stay fueled. And you know what I've been doing for like most of the of the year is I take a ham and I just put it in the front <laughs> seat of the car and I just leave it there and I just chew on it all day as I'm doing stuff throughout the week. That is not healthy. It's not a good way to do it. You know what I do now? Looks cool though. Well, yeah. I mean, people are like, hey, where'd you get that ham? But like from a cholesterol standpoint, it's not not a
1: ham. It was a person.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know what I do now? Built Bar. Mm. Uh, Built Bar is a much better way to to (laughs) Less less
1: intimidating, but more sensible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and less likely to spoil. Um, mm-hmm. High in protein, low in sugar and calories. Or get you uh, pulled over. <laughs> proof built bar, even more delicious than before. 18 flavors, Alex. 18, including six new ones like caramel brownie, cookies and cream. Um, 100% chocolate. That's what they're coated in. They're soft. They're easy to chew, unlike most protein bars. So Alex, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. What's that promo code, Alex? Uh, LOCKED15. Very good. And you get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com
1: thought you were going to announce a ham-flavored Bilt Bar. <laughs> I, I,
0: <laughs> really exciting. I will see. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, we haven't been hosting quite long enough that we have that kind of pull over with the Bilt Bar people. But I will be proposing a 100% <laughs> chocolate-covered ham flavor uh, at the next board meeting. Don't I, 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 would, I would definitely test that one before going yeah. we straight to market. But yeah, uh, if you saw that going down the street, yes, that was me nourishing myself (laughs) with a ham
1: there you go that might have been in the car for three or four days (laughs) at that point today on the road to the finals our nba playoffs coverage brought to you by michael ultra it's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs 95 calories we can all enjoy the games a little more this season so i would have more than 95 calories (laughs) (laughs) that ham that ham that's exactly right um there's this school of thought with Anthony Davis and his resistance to playing the five that we know about because he's been on the record about it and the moves that the Lakers have made um, have very much reflected that. That's actually gone on, by the way, when he was in New Orleans as well. But one of the schools of thought is he doesn't want to be playing the center position because he'll be going up against larger opponents, you know, banging on the body, and it wears him down, particularly as an injury-prone player. So you're looking to prevent that from happening. But I was actually wondering when you take a look at some of the injuries that AD has had and the way the modern game is played now and so spread out that as a perimeter player at his size, could Anthony Davis actually be leaving himself more susceptible to injury with with that preference? Like I I was wondering if that could be possible. I just wanted to run that past you. Do you mean in terms of like what? The effect on his body because he's running. It's, okay. it's, it's less he's,
0: physical banging with guys. But he's in the running. But there's so few all players over. who do that. You're moving around more. I don't really buy his theory, but I'm wondering if you do. You know what? It's funny because, like, when on um, defense
2: specifically, like with the role AD plays, he he's more of like a help defender. He's like a super help defender, right? Where he is using a lot of his energy to kind of like close out on the three point line and then scramble back and then offer rim protection. There is like, what if he would just kind of sit in the post and kind of just like do the dwight javel thing where he just needs to kind of hold his own and contest a shot versus doing all these crazy rotations that could be a thing like i i wouldn't doubt it and like i'm trying to i was like as you were saying i was trying to think in like my head how many centers out there really are really true low post threats that are gonna like just bulldoze through him like maybe Jokic and bead um not that many others i don't think ad couldn't hold his own with i think again it's just preference and that's the thing with ad since he's joined the lakers in his career like he has these preferences some aren't optimal to like maybe his own well-being and to the team like they can he can be used better um but that's just kind of like what you're signed up for with ad all i heard
1: was yeah that could be a thing brian (laughs) yeah i i
0: i think you know too the other thing that i think is is important that i see with him because you you know you said in the last segment i think you're exactly right like when he wants to you know games 2 and 3 he got to the rim plenty he put the ball on the floor and he finished there and he, you know Andre Drummond played a good game and was not in the way when Davis was completely engaged now look he hit a couple outside shots too but that's always going to be part of Davis's game the thing that i think gets him in trouble is when he doesn't go quickly um cuz you know AD is a really smart player i think he wants to be seen as a complete player a good passer he plays with LeBron who always you know knows how to pass out of the double does that well and I think where he gets into trouble he being Davis is when he gets too deliberate when he feels the double coming and he's kind of waiting for it he wants to make the defense commit and all that kind of stuff and it slows him down and then it forces puts him in decisions to read defenses and all that which he is good at but not great at and meanwhile if you're the opposition and you're like you're kind of defending him in a way that takes the ball out of his hands so I just think he's at his best, regardless of where he is on the floor, or regardless of who's playing with him, when he gets it and goes aggressively to something. Whether that's a cut, whether you know a pass, whether that's a uh, putting the ball on the floor, whether that's turn and shoot. I just think he gets into trouble when he's too deliberate, trying to quote unquote make the best play.
2: Yeah, he waits for the play to develop way too much. I agree, mm-hmm. and um, I think his best games, like just traditionally, like since he's been a Laker, like I think might have been against Minnesota his first year where he had like a 40 or 50 point game is because he gets to the free throw line so much. I think he gets to the free throw line so much because he does create those initial advantages, like when he just catches and goes, or like when he's just going aggressive to the rim, like he gets to the line a lot. And those are his best games. It's the games where he kind of like turns, waits four or five seconds, a crowd comes, he gets kind of like stressed out. He either throws it away, hits a guy or tries to hit it like a pull up and If he's not going to the line or creating that rhythm, his outside shot's just not going to be there. I think getting to the line for AD is paramount. I think when he gets to the line, makes his shots, he starts to feel good. His jumper looks better. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but I think a lot of that is dictated by like what you said. He has to be aggressive. He has to kind of not wait and just say, I'm getting to the rim. I don't care who's there. I'm going to catch, turn, and go and yeah. not and many st- players can stop AD.
0: Statistically, playing. yeah, statistically that was such a huge early in the season particularly between his offense last year and his offense this year was the fact that he just, yeah. you know, forget missing a lot of free throws which he did. Mm-hmm. Um he wasn't taking as many either and it was that was that was problematic
1: as well. Yeah, there are, there are players who can be a little, you know, too head down. AD could use a little more put your head down, go to the basket just as an instinct. I'm Anthony
0: Bleeping Davis, stop me. You know, just that. Um, I we wanted before we let you go, we want to talk about one more thing. That Andy and I had a, a conversation that got a lot of response from people about the championship window the Lakers have, and it is obviously still open. If LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy this year, uh, they that team certainly finishes in the top two or three in the Western Conference. They're probably still playing right now. If no other reason, they probably don't play Phoenix in the first round. And even if Davis, uh, they do get hurt, if Davis isn't hurt in that series, I think. Andy and I both think they win. And They were up two one. Alex, you think they win that series? I still
2: the, think they win. It's, yeah. it's it's hard to say that with the Suns playing so well right now. Sure, but, yeah, yeah, but they I were up two one. I mean, yeah. you know,
0: they and so I don't think that's homerism necessarily. But I will say, to me at least, it looks like you know it's hard to say the Lakers are going to get better. LeBron isn't going to get better. AD may ascend a little bit in terms of his skill set, but is probably as fully developed as now. like. That's still incredibly good, and maybe enough to win titles if those guys are healthy and you put the right supporting cast around. But Phoenix, you can argue, is ascending. They've got Chris Paul and three guys under twenty-five who all still should get better. Uh, you know, one of which, Devin Booker, could be a future MVP candidate. Denver has, you know, Jokic is twenty-six, I think, twenty-seven, uh, something like that. Uh, maybe you know, I don't think he's much older than that. I think and then he's 26. Michael 26. Michael Porter Jr. Um, is ascending. Jamal Murray is hopefully comes back from his injury and at least is as good as he was before. Yeah, it was a player under twenty-five. You know, and Jokic still has room to get better. Um, the, the I wonder if the window for the Lakers could be being pulled down by the competition around the league a little bit faster than I expected. I'm wondering if you you know if you have the same thoughts about that, Alex. It's tough. Like we didn't like, again, it's hard to just keep going back
2: to injuries, but like, we don't know exactly how the Lakers would have fared healthy Mm -hmm. against some of these teams. Like, I think there will be some improvement from Phoenix, just their young guys getting a little older. Um, Denver again, like you said, Jamal Murray being healthy and then having Aaron Gordon there for a full season should be good. Um, But it's tough to kind of gauge like if the Lakers don't stack up well against them because we don't know how they stack up when they're not healthy, uh, without AD or LeBron out there, but at the same time, and this is something I wrote about in that piece. Um, I don't think we should just totally use injuries and bad luck as a crutch the way they approach mm. this offseason, Like they should have the mindset we, we need to get better and just staying pat and saying, Oh, well, they'll get healthy. We'll be fine. What if one of them gets hurt again? And they're stuck in the same spot or they're missing shots again. Like, just having those two don't fix everything. They fix a lot, but they don't fix everything. So I I don't think the front office should just be content with just we have LeBron AD. That's it. Because like I said, other teams are getting better. Like I didn't think Phoenix was going to be this good, this like this quick. Nope. And it's not linear. Like maybe Phoenix takes a step back next year, but no.
1: But Memphis is only going to get better. You know, Utah isn't going anywhere yeah. soon, no matter. And it's how also you too. like the, know, Memphis.
0: Memphis internal improvement. But they're also they've got they've got some assets, you know. You know, you look down at some of these other teams, you know, that that might be, you know, New Orleans with Zion. I know they didn't make the playoffs, they're really even coming that close, but they've got a ton of assets and might only be one or two moves away from suddenly vaulting, doing what Phoenix did and putting themselves in, in contention. Um, and meanwhile, you still have the Clippers who aren't theoretically going anywhere Dallas with Luca who's getting better and they can make that team better than the Eastern conference, you know, the big three of, of Brooklyn. And, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's really brutal out there. And I I think it puts to me, it just puts an onus on next year. Um, And if you got to do something uh, aggressive, that's not stupid, but maybe takes away from two or three years down the road to improve your chances to win next year. I think you do it. If you're Rob Polenka.
2: I was going to say, have you guys brainstormed any possible ideas? Because that's something I've been thinking as well. Like the Lowry thing, obviously came and passed, but like yeah, Alex, we got to pace ourselves,
1: man. It's yeah, a right. long no,
2: no, no. very
0: long off season. I Is the answer? Have we thought about it? Yes. Are we going to tell people our thoughts now? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's no. June 11th, man. We're not no. giving away that. No, 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 Ab- no. And in fact, shame on you for even suggesting it. <laughs> I'm uh, just trying you to know get what, podcast ideas. Yeah, you my you, you know, got but, a lot to yeah, learn yeah, about this yeah. industry. We're, <laughs> we're, we're done here, uh, Alex. That's <laughs> it. Got it. Um, Alex Regla, that was mostly excellent. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for coming on. Of course, he covers the Lakers for Newsbreak at Newsbreak App. Go check out his stuff there follow him on twitter at alexmregla. Regla. Uh, he also podcasts for Silver Screen and Roll on Tuesdays with Harrison and Anthony. Again, thanks so much for coming on man. We really appreciate it. This was Thank fun. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Big fans of
2: you guys. This was an honor. Thank you. Perfect. Right, well,
0: that is really you made up for it. Um, we'll <laughs> see everybody on Monday.